0: Welcome to The Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Pastor's Porch. Hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week. Um, I know I ate too much, um, although enjoyed lots of family time and enjoyed lots of of different foods, Um, but hopefully you had good Good time with family, uh, good time eating some turkey. Uh, today, we are going to uh, kind of shift gears a little bit and not talk so much uh, about um, biblical things, although we'll still talk about it because we're pastors, obviously. Um, but we're going to talk about kind of the season we're in uh, um, as pastors in our church and just. Um, just some general overviews of things that you deal with when you are in any type of leadership. And so today we're going to talk about how to navigate staff turnover um, and what that kind of looks like. And we're going to talk about specifically some things that um, are happening within our church, but then just kind of just talking about staff turnover in general.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing I would say to any pastor that's listening is, Um, if you think it's not going to happen, just hang on because it's, it's going to happen. And, and, and I would say this, it's not always a bad thing. I think, I think you would even hear the title of this podcast and be like, oh, this is a bad thing. It's, It's horrible. It's, you know, talking about, uh, horrible things happening. And the reality is that sometimes staff turnover is a blessing. Sometimes staff turnover is a very hard thing. Sometimes it's expected and talked about and planned out and future. And then sometimes it's, it's just a surprise. And I think all of those things are realities for the church. Um, a church our size or a church smaller or a church bigger. I mean, I, I have friends that have 18 or 20 people on their staff and, and the word staff, um, let's define how we mean that because that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Some people will look at that as paid employees. Some people look at that as leadership. Uh, at Unity, we kind of define staff as uh, leaders and also employees of the church. And so when I, when I use the word staff, I use, I'm using it as a broad brush of ministry leaders and paid employees of the church. Um, but staff turnover is something that every church is going to deal with, it's just going to happen. You're, you're going to have somebody who feels called somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You're, it could be within the church. Uh, you, you could be called somewhere else within the church. Um, the reality is that every person has a calling and a walk with Christ, right? And we have a duty to steward and help them walk out their calling. And so there are always instances where, you weren't ready for it. You were surprised by it. Oh man, how did this happen? Unfortunately, there's times of sin. Unfortunately, there's times of mm-hmm. hardship that comes in, and those are not the fun ones. You you never you never enjoy that when 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 there's been a fall, when there's been a a moral failure, when there's been a biblical failure. There's nothing pleasurable about that staff turnover, and so I don't really want to focus on those today um, because. One, I would just say that if if you do come into that, uh, you better handle handle it biblically. You got to show grace and mercy, and you need to show forgiveness. But you you also have a responsibility to steward that well, as the pastor of the church. Correct. And so, unfortunately, we do have to deal with those. Um, They're not fun, and once you've lived through one as a pastor, it kind of it kind of it's hard to get through. But I want to talk about the ones where. should I say it's the funner side, you know, it's the, it's the more realistic side is that some people, um, are just going to, uh, need to step away. Some people are just going to feel called away. Some people are going to mature out of a position or, um, move away. Some. I mean, you moved away from a church that you, I, I mean, you weren't, on st- I don't know what word they used, but you were sure. a leader Correct. in the church. Yes. I don't know what word they used to define you, but you had a role in the church. M- multiple, yeah. Several roles. Yeah. God called you here. Correct. Okay. Right, wrong, indifferent, it created something that your boss, for lack of a better word, your sure. pastor, had to fill your role.
0: Yeah. they. Uh, it's actually funny because I still have a relationship with them and... Uh, one of the pastors that is on staff, not the lead pastor, but he's always, anytime he and I talk, he's always like, oh, so you coming back? You coming back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. no, not, hadn't been, hadn't been on, on my plan, so. Yeah, yeah. but. Well, because it's something he had to go through. Sure. And he's
1: joking with you, he's teasing you, yeah. but he's kind of being serious. like, man, <laughs> hey, but what a good problem to have. Sure. If today God called you away from here, I'd be thankful for the time that we had together, but it would create a void. Correct. Avoid that. We would have to trust the Holy yeah. Spirit to fill. One,
0: one thing that you said earlier that I want to make sure that we make clear today, because it's not talked about a lot in, in any aspect of turnover and stuff, but um, sometimes it's more healthy for people to leave places. Sure, 100%. And... Nobody really likes to discuss that and talk about that because, um, I mean, one, just in the positions we are, we don't necessarily like when people step down and right. walk away and leave. But when you, you know, broaden your field field of vision, you know, your your view on things – Sometimes it's the healthiest thing because then it's God calling somebody else to fill a position sure. that they've been scared to walk into, right? Sure. Um, many of those things have happened. I I've, I've witnessed it over and over and over again in in different situations. Um, but then too, like you've got you've got to really consider was someone doing this out of a calling or just out of a need. Yeah. And, you know, that's something we've discussed within the last several months of some things that are going on behind the scenes here of, of we're wanting to get back to where it's the people who are called 100%. into those positions. Yeah. And we are thankful, very thankful for the people who stepped up in into places that we needed for, for seasons. Yeah. Right. Um, and and that's not discussed a lot because nobody likes to talk about somebody leaving. They always like to talk about somebody coming, mm-hmm. um, right? But there's also healthiness when when people leave the positions. And I don't want to try to take this out of context, but w- what when I think about this is just when Jesus called his disciples, mm-hmm. right? You don't think each one of those disciples had a position in their family and a position at their job that mm-hmm. was important, mm-hmm. right, so, was needed, but for for the betterment of everybody and for the ministry that they were being called to, they had to leave somewhere to be able to go somewhere else, and so yeah. that's one thing that I don't think is talked about enough, um, because there is healthiness in that if it is navigated in, with the correct heart and the correct mind.
1: Well, I think there's always health in obedience, right? Yeah. Like I think there's I think there's always I think there's always health. In obeying what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you know? And I think sometimes, even in that position, if, if you're in that position and you know God is calling you out of it, you don't want me or us or the church or the kids or the people or the teens or the whatever, you don't want them to suffer. Yeah, It's natural to hold on too long, right? right. It, it is. It, it's just it's just who we are. We Because when you do love God, and when you are serving God, even if you know God's calling you to the next thing, it's hard to let go of where you're at because you don't want it to fail. Sure, you you, you want you want it to be good, right? If you're if you're serving the teens, you want the teens to be taken care of. If you're running the media, you don't want to say, "Well, I don't know who's going to run it, so I'll just keep running it another six months." Well, I'll just keep, but your heart's not in it. You're being drawn away, you know, and that's sometimes where we get in this thing. And that that was that's just where I think, like you brought up the disciples. I believe with all my heart. That's why Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah, was to show yeah. one a hey, I'm going to take care of you. Sure, right? He's he's got a calling. I'm going to take care of yeah. him. but look, it, I'm going to lift it, set it away. Yeah, absolutely. It lifted away. Well, Peter's man. wife couldn't have been staying home with. Uh, Peter's wife couldn't have been staying at home trying to take care of everything and a sick mom, right? Yeah. So Jesus just steps in and says, I got it, right? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing in this. It's the same thing that that we are looking for, that the church, that any church, and it's easy to say we, every church in America goes through this. Mm-hmm. Truth is, uh, and I, I don't want to make it a secular talk, but every business, every school, every every athletic department, every family, Every person goes through turnover. It's yeah. just a part of life. I Correct. mean, we talk about college football all the time. Well, what, what did it happen last week is everybody starts getting fired, right? Everybody starts getting a new <laughs> job. Everybody's going to move to this place, going to move to this place. And so it happens. Turnover is real. Uh, whoever the best football player is down here at the little town we're in, right? Um, just say they're a junior, okay? So they, they got one more year next year. And then guess what? They're gone. Whatever position they're holding, I don't want to oversimplify it, but there's going to be turnover. Correct. The coaches and the leaders of the team, it's their job to facilitate and to prepare for Mm -hmm. it. And I think one of the things we don't do enough, and I have said this, I've begged and begged our servants, our serve teams to look into this in every area possible. And I believe this is something your dad told me years ago and I I believe it. I take it to heart and I I strive to do it is always train somebody to be your replacement. Mm -hmm. Always, always train somebody to do what you're doing. Um, And, and some people like to do that and some people don't. Some people take it too personal. Yeah. Some people think, only I can do something. Well, that's foolishness. Yeah. That's
0: just foolishness. There's- Absolutely. I just, you know, it's crazy. You said that I just had a conversation with somebody this weekend uh, who's been in ministry for, oh goodness, I don't know. I know before they were at the place now, they were in ministry for 17 years. So they've they've had 20 plus years of experience okay. in ministry. Okay. Um, and they were just kind of talking you know, looking back at their early years and everything of of what they what they thought they did good, what they didn't mm-hmm. like this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. And one of the things they they shared with me, and I was thankful for their wisdom this weekend. In it is looking back, if they could have changed anything, they said that they would have built people instead of building programs. Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. And it's
0: kind of crazy, that, you know, to bring that up. Two
1: thousand million percent. But you
0: know, it you talk about turnover. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're so focused on a program, yeah. building a program within the church that you know, people leave, all of a sudden you're not going to have anybody to run a program, so the program yeah. doesn't even matter. Yeah. Right versus if you, you know, if yeah. you train people mm-hmm. and you build people up mm-hmm. and just as you, you know, you said and it's been established in in, in ministry of always, you know, train your replacement. 100%. It it just hearing that this weekend, um, it one it made me reflect on how I'm leading, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and and the things that I'm doing, and challenged me to be better about those who sit under me, yeah. you know, those who I help lead, mm-hmm. and so it was it was just it was refreshing um, to hear it, and and it's true, it's yeah. absolutely true, and it's necessary.
1: Well. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean that that's really look at Jesus's life and you tell me which one he was more focused on. Yeah. Was he focused on building systems or was he focused on building servants? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Programs versus presence, programs versus people. We we are in a church culture that is all about the next dollar. Mm-hmm. We are consumed as an American church culture who thinks if we don't have the biggest, newest, most, we're failing. And I just think we're missing it. I just think, as a whole, the church is missing it because, at, at our church, for example, whether there's two or 300 or whatever the number is, right? What would bring more value? to the lives of those several hundred people? Would it bring more value to create another program for them to attend, or to invest in them individually as much as we can? Um, Obviously, this is where a church our size, we rely on what we call staff. Leaders, ministry leaders, serve team leaders, Deacons, elders, assistant pastors, associate pastors, uh, all all the the t- whatever title you want to give, our heart is always that that person is building those coming behind them. Yep. You know, and we started we started through media and beyond the doorway of the church, but but I think what your friend said is is a thousand percent spot on, and and I think that's the biggest trap is we watch these churches on the internet and everybody thinks, well, that's gotta be my church. My church has to have X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. And I just think it's a trap, man. I think it's a, a total, total trap, but to, to bring it back full circle, if you raise that next generation up properly, the turnover is much easier
0: yeah, correct.
1: I mean, if you put you're, me. Because you're prepared for it. 100%. Right. If you put me in the Olympics on the 4x100 today um, on the on the fastest team in America, guess what's going to happen when I get the baton? Everybody going to pass me. Laugh you. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine what would happen?
0: Could you imagine?
1: Because I'm not prepared. Correct. Yeah. But listen, there's a real spiritual undertone here. That if I just took something and put it in somebody's lap who's not prepared for it, mm-hmm. what's going to happen to them? They're not going to be able. This is why Paul talks about running the race that's set out before you. you. You, know, you're not going to be able to do what I'm going to expect from you, which is going to create tension between us, which is going to create um, hardship in the church. You know, and I just I think there's so many people reaching for the baton, and they need to remember prepare right? Yeah. It's more important to prepare than it is to reach. If you prepare properly, when the baton's handed, you'll run properly. And I think, I think sometimes we see the, the podium or the pulpit or the end of the race. And we think, Oh, that's easy. But people forget what it takes to be prepared. People forget like the crushing that comes with anointing and all these things that come with it. But, but I just think we as leaders We need to keep in mind that it's our responsibility to prepare, right? To prepare them to the best of their ability. Now, here's the hard part about a mostly volunteer organization is you're only going to get what you get. I mean, mean, you can only do with what people give you Mm -hmm. as far as time. You're only going to, and I'm not downplaying anybody. I'm not talking bad about anybody, but this is the reality. When you're leading, you can only work with whatever time is given. Yeah. And the culture we're in, that time's not becoming more. You know? It's just not. And and that's why I love these meetings we've been doing of these, these serve team meetings and things like that. Because even if it's just for a couple hours, speaking into people's life is vital. Yeah. And uh I, I think I think churches need to invest more time in that. We get caught caught up in the next sermon, next sure. sermon, next sermon. Sure. We forget the preparation.
0: Well, and just you know something that I feel like the Lord just placed on my heart is, is with you know this turnover and wool we'll, and investing into people. You're you'll never be upset even if somebody leaves investing in them. No, right? I've never I've never met somebody me personally. And so if you're listening, you're like, well, I have. Well, I'm sorry, but I just I've never met somebody that that I've invested or have heard of them investing into other people. And then when they leave, whether to be go do better things or God's just calling them away where they're upset and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted all this time on them and they're not X, mm. Y, Z, right? Mm. And so I think that's one thing. It, it, we almost have to shift our focus of why we're doing the things that we're doing. Right, right. Right, and it and it comes, it comes ultimately comes down. And so maybe that, that's exactly what the spiritual undertone in this is pastor leader why are you doing the things you're doing what is the reasoning behind it you know if you're doing it to just do it and want to have something out of it it's probably a wrong result versus if you're doing it to to build people up and to build the kingdom Mm -hmm. and to build a community and then those things are are going to be effective and so that's one thing that i think you know we kind of um don't really think about is the you know turnover like we discussed it's going to happen but if you no matter how much turnover happens you'll never be upset in investing in somebody
1: no and that's because that's you're helping them become us, right? yeah, yeah you're
0: helping them become a, a better leader you know yeah. you're helping them become a better person right oh, a, a better individual and so um i think all those things and the this area as much as you know a lot of it is a negative tone of turnover and what happens i think there's a lot of positive things you can think about and keep your focus on uh, while you're thinking about this as a leader well the
1: pastor is, is unfortunately in the american church the pastor is judged on nickels and numbers mm-hmm. you know that's just what you're judged on you're judged on what money you can bring into the church and you can bring in and how many people you can bring in So then the trap becomes to build up people who are going to build up this place, right? But Jesus teaches a different, he says, build up people who are going to go out and build up his kingdom, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think think that's the trap and you got to figure out how to outlive and change that narrative because every pastor I know that is judged on the nickels and the numbers is miserable, just fact of life they're they're miserable people. And and that's the trap of of the American model um of church. And and it's always this budget and it's always this number and it's always how many people did you have? How many you know and 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 I just don't ever see that in the scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need to be a good steward of what God's given you. Sure. I think you need to be intentional with what God's given you. Yeah. But I don't believe that jesus is telling any of us to sit around and focus on numbers and nickels Mm -hmm. and and so then to take that out all of a sudden you're less interested in building your brand and building the kingdom and when you invest into people okay if they walk out the door a year later and they're representing the kingdom and god calls them away who did it hurt even if you have to come up with something else to do within your own church, did that hurt the kingdom? Yeah, well, oh, certainly not. You you
0: know. know and we, you know, that's where a sense of pride kind of comes sure in. Sure it does. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you really think about it, if you've done it and s- well and stewarded it well, as they go out to another place, and if they're effective in that place, and all of a sudden that place is asking, why, well, why are yeah. you so effective? Right. What, what have you learned? Where did and you, then, come, from? you yeah. come from? All of a sudden. You're building, you know, you're building other places and parts of the kingdom yeah. up because of how well you establish something. And so I think that's important uh, to remember and consider as, as we lead, yeah. as we encourage one another. percent. So, always keep communication open
1: yeah. on all sides that that's. When you don't communicate, you give a license to the enemy to step into situations that he's got no business in. And I think that that's, that's one thing I found in, in navigating these things is when people don't talk is when the enemy starts speaking. Yeah. And because when you talk with somebody, you can hear their heart. Right. And And I've had people and kids and things over the years where I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about their position and they just started avoiding me because they thought I'd get mad or they thought I was upset or whatever the reason was. And it was probably none of those things. Right. But the enemy convinced them not to talk. And if the enemy can convince you to be silent, he can create distance. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the same reason he convinces people not to pray. If he can convince you not to commune with Christ, distance then happens in your relationship. Well, it's the same way in our spiritual relationships inside the church. If he same way in your marriage, same way with your children. Same way, silence is is a good thing when the Lord's telling us to hush and be quiet and Correct. listen to Him. But but in relationships, communication is is necessary. Absolutely. And uh, I, I would just tell anybody listening that keep the waves of communication open <laughs> because when you don't, you're going to give the enemy a license to speak on yeah. both sides. Absolutely. On Absolutely. both sides, the the leader and. That person serving
0: under them, and then who, however that looks, you know. Um, yeah, when I was when I was younger, I uh, used to hate communicating. I know that shocks a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that know shocking me. to me, yes. But when I was younger, I would bottle things up. Yeah. Until it got to a point where I exploded. Right. And I I taught myself how important it is that even if it's hard Mm -hmm. and even if it's going to be messy in the beginning, how important it is to communicate some of the things that you're feeling, you're going through, what is going to happen from that. Because in the end, yeah, it may be messy, but in the end, what you're doing is actually strengthening those relationships. Mm, That's good.
1: I love it. So keep the waves of communication open. Keep moving forward. And even if you endure hardship, um, whether you're coming, you're going, whichever way you're going, remember to keep Christ first and focus on the mission that is bigger than any church, bigger than any position, bigger than any title, and that is to build the kingdom. God bless you
0: guys and have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Past Sports. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.